Good morning and welcome to Talking Books. Um, I'm Susie Grogan and first of all I want to say on a day when we're celebrating the contribution of the late Philip Knighton to 10 Radio that when in the earliest days of, of Talking Books show he sat next to me at the desk he was such a calming and wise presence uh, that even when I was at my most nervous he gave me confidence and was simply a true gentleman so I know he'll be much missed. But back to today's show, I'm thrilled to welcome to the studio Tonya Mears, who was on the show months, but probably years ago now. About two years ago. It's about two years ago, talking to us about Little Creative Days, uh, a wonderful teaching resource to encourage creativity in primary school children. Um, I fell in love with the character featuring in all the stories, Little Pojo, um, who I understand has had many more adventures since we last met so welcome Tonya thanks for coming in all the way from Gloucester this morning thank you um for those who didn't hear the last show could you just remind us of the background and inspiration behind Little Creative Days yes um well I actually run the business with my sister and the whole idea funnily enough stemmed from a uh, a holiday that we a family holiday that we had and uh, a little throwaway comment from my brother-in-law who said, I don't know, every time my nephew falls asleep somewhere, he wakes up somewhere else. And I said, oh, that would make a very good children's story. Um, my sister started doing craft kits for children. So we decided to actually put the stories with the craft kits. That's since developed into um, stories with puppet making kits and um, us growing it into a teacher resource pack. Um, so our kits now are, are topic-based um, and cover a, effectively a six-week resource pack for teachers. So um, we cut down or try to cut down a lot on their preparation time mm. because that's in such short yeah. supply for teachers. Yeah. Um, and the kids have just absolutely loved the stories, but it helps them because obviously it's based around a topic mm. and they get involved in the story. And we all know how fantastic a story is for tr- for helping people to learn mm. um and it and it it grinds it brings everybody together um and the kids have just got so involved in it and they've learned so much from it and that, that it's been going obviously for well over two years now <laughs> since we spoke to you um so it's clearly yes. a success i mean are the, are the stories for a particular age group um we actually we adapt the kits for early years and key stage one so they cover the early years foundation stage and for key stage one and also for key stage two um the stories for key stage two we also turn the story into a play so Mm. because they do drama as well and it's you know from as part of their their curriculum um so it's it's quite a quite a lot involved in in the Mm. in the kits that they we produce um and you've also, I know, started off a few local, um, well, not always, not always so local, but um, some writing competitions. And bearing in mind the Radio Two Five Hundred Words competition had its closing minute last night. That's right. I wonder if you had a view on how important these little competitions often are to get children creative. Oh, they are so important. I mean, one of the schools that we went into. Um, you know, we went in, they, they actually based their story competition on our Pojo and the Chester Dream story. Um, so we went in, did the story with them. They made up the puppets of the characters. They really got involved. And the stories that came back, I mean, the teacher was absolutely over the moon. She said, normally, she said, I get about 20 entries coming through. This is a school of 120. Mm. 
and she said at between 60 and 70 um she couldn't believe it she said the the kids were so enthused because they'd met the authors Mm. as well um which also made a difference I think but she said they just got so involved with the story and the stories and we read all the entries and the stories coming back were just absolutely fantastic um and we were talking before about how um often at school it's the same kids who are entering the competitions that which is brilliant because you want to have those who are always going to be um engaged but to be able to engage those who wouldn't normally feel confident enough perhaps to enter these competitions absolutely yeah the teacher said to us she said there was quite a few uh, students that wouldn't normally have entered into any writing competition at all but it gave them the confidence to do that yeah um and that's what she she found it really really inspiring and really helpful being able to visualise Pojo because it's yes. a shame this isn't television yet. <laughs> Tonya has brought Pojo in this morning. He, he, he was only a figment of my imagination last time we met. But it's the most gorgeous little figure with his little red shoes. And I can see exactly how people might be um, inspired to write more about him. Yeah. He's lovely. It's, yeah. um, it's your mum's made that, haven't you? hasn't it? She did, yes. Yeah, she's, she's made that for us so that we can take, them, take him into schools. And, yeah, the kids all just want to give him a big hug. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I suppose as a family business, it's quite nice to be able to discuss ideas all amongst yourselves, isn't it? It is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, many times sat over a glass of wine, we, we bat around yeah, a few ideas. <laughs> that's every writer's dream, that is, to have someone else to sit there with and a glass of wine and shoot ideas backwards and forwards. It certainly is. Um how do the puppets actually fit into the storytelling? Is it just for the older children? Do you what sort of puppets do they make? Have you, have you provided the materials and everything? We do. Yes, we we provide all the materials, and they're adapted for whether they're early years, key stage one. Um, so they're they're very simple to to cut out for them to colour or stick mm. things on. Right. Um, through to the ones in the key stage two kit are a little bit more involved with a little bit of sewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which helps their again their dexterity um, and gives them some basic skills. Um, so yes, but they're very simple to make. We give full instructions on how to make them all. And it's all cross curricular, isn't it? Because I was I, I was really interested to hear that you know you you can bring maths into the stories so that actually maths, which I'm sure some people enjoy, but I can't imagine why. <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> even maths becomes or feels really creative that's right yeah I mean I think the good thing is because it's what we do is we cover a topic and so it gives everything um good grounding so Mm. you can the kids get involved in the story they understand what certain things mean because and they relate Mm. it then to the story Mm. um and so yes simple little things you know might be in, in with our Romans, how to make a do tally, mm-hmm. which is a little game. So it, it gets them involved and they, they're actually learning without thinking about it, which yes. I think is just fantastic. And they won't grow up like me thinking the word maths means something horrendous. It could be- <laughs> I always struggle with numbers myself. I'm definitely more for the words. <laughs> I know, but I know so many people who think maths can be equally creative. That's right. And I'm, I'm thinking... Mm-hmm. Show me a way. So maybe yeah. this is the this is the way to get kids who love maths feeling a little bit more imaginative as well. Perhaps. Yes, and also I think because 
obviously the the, the work that we do and, and the, what we put into our um, resource packs it allows the children to um, work together as a team mm. so if you've got some children who are better at maths and not others that are not so you can mix those children all together mm. in that team and actually the ones then who are better can help the ones that perhaps aren't so so yeah. good at and it teamwork as well that's yeah, right yeah they'll need that so much when they go up to senior school won't they that uh, they do and well on all through life i think it, mm. it stands it's it's good life skills all the way mm. through really yeah fabulous now um you're going to read us a bit aren't you and I thought we didn't read any last time and I thought to myself no this is this is an opportunity actually to hear a little bit of the story so if you're happy to do that yeah just tell us the title and and roughly what it's about yeah well this is Pojo and King Tut Tut's Lost Treasure so it's obviously based on our ancient Egypt uh story kit Sam was in his pajamas ready for bed but he couldn't resist playing with Pojo and his new camel Kaz that Sam's auntie had brought back from her recent holiday. He put Pojo on Kaz's back and pretended that they were riding through the desert when Sam's mum shouted up the stairs, Time for bed, Sam! Sam snuggled down with Pojo and gave him a hug. Sweet dreams, Pojo! Within minutes, Sam had drifted off to sleep and Pojo's paws started to itch. Uh Uh-oh, here I go again. He slid off the bed carefully and Kaz sidled up to him. Come with me, I know where we're going, whispered Kaz. Pojo climbed up onto Kaz's back and wrapped his paws around his neck. The room started to spin and the next thing they knew they were near a large, fast-flowing river. It was very hot and dusty. They looked around them and through the haze of the heat, Pojo could see green trees and shrubs on the riverbank, but beyond that there wasn't a soul in sight. "'Well, where are we?' asked Pojo. "'Egypt, the Valley of Kings, looking at the size of those pyramids over there,' replied Kaz. "'Ooh, I've never been to Egypt before.' "'And that,' said Kaz, pointing his head towards the river, "'is the River Nile. "'Some of my family came from here many years ago. "'Let's go and have a look around.' "'Pojo and Kaz went for a wander along the river. "'Ouch, this sand is hot, my paws are burning,' said Pojo. Then jump on my back, replied Kaz. We should find some shelter until the sun goes down. Gets very hot out here in the desert. Why don't we shelter in one of those pyramids? I could do with a drink, said Pojo. Kaz smiled. Bet you wish you had a hump like mine now. I can store water for days. OK, there's no need to show off. No one likes the smarty pants, laughed Pojo. They carried on a little further until they found a huge deserted pyramid and went inside. They had only sat down for a few minutes when they heard the sound of someone digging and muttering to themselves. Pojo and Kaz looked at each other. Sounds what like we're not alone, said Pojo. I'll go and have a look. Pojo got up and went out to the other pyramid to see who was out there. Ouch! came the voice. Pojo followed the sounds around the corner but couldn't see anything other than a big hole with some steps leading down under the sand. Hello, shouted Pojo. Anyone down there? Suddenly a head popped out from the bottom of the steps. Well, by Jove, I didn't realise I had company out here. I thought this place was deserted. And who might you be? I'm Pojo, and what are you doing down there? Pleased to meet you, old chap. I'm Howard. I'm an archaeologist, he said, holding out his hand to shake Pojo's paw. Have you lost something? asked Pojo. Yes, you could say that, laughed Howard. 
You see, I found some very important bits of missing treasure down here, and if I'm right, then it's possible I could solve a mystery and end a centuries-old curse. That sounds important. Would you like some help? That would be excellent, but may I ask, how on earth did you come to be out here? It's not a place I expected to see many dogs. Ah, got itchy paws, and then Kaz told me to hop on his back as he knew where we were going. Kaz? Who's Kaz? asked Howard, slightly puzzled. He's my camel, replied Pojo. Yes, of course, silly me. No dog travels without one out here, chuckled Howard. Itchy paws, you say? Yes, sometimes when I go off to sleep, my paws get itchy, and that's when I know I'm off on another one of my adventures. Oh, I see. It all makes perfect sense now, said Howard, although he wasn't sure it did. So what have you found so far, asked Pojo. Well, I found these steps, and as I've been digging away and clearing the sand, I came across this door, which I think will lead into a secret bunker or another tomb. How do you know that? asked Pojo. Well, you see that seal on the door? It's the one tomb robbers used years ago. So why did you think that there's still something important in here if tomb robbers have been here already? Because, my dear fellow, I find this. Howard held up a gold cross with looped head to show Pojo. What's that? That, my dear boy, is an ankh. Only kings and queens carried one of those. Egyptians say that it is a sign of life, and they believe that it is a powerful magic charm. When I was examining it, when I was examining it just now, I rubbed along the top of it, and these prongs came out, turning it into a key. Looking through my reference book, I see that a key similar to this one belonged to King Tut Tut. It's got all the same markings. I've managed to piece together this broken pottery too, which bears the seal of the king and the royal necropolis, so I'm pretty certain. If that's the case, then I think the rest of his belongings must be here too. Who's King Tut Tut? King Tut Tut was a pharaoh who died thousands of years ago. They say that two robbers stole all of his belongings and since then the pyramid is haunted by his tortured soul. People who visit claim it's cold and eerie. They also say that everyone who visits falls ill shortly afterwards. The curse of King Tut-Tut, they call it. So how did all of his belongings get here, asked Pojo. The tomb robbers must have hidden them here, but for some reason didn't come back for them, or they lost where they buried them, buried the treasure after a sandstorm. These steps were completely covered when I first arrived, and I only found them by accident when I was digging nearby. I shall know for certain once I've got this chamber open. Now, if you would be so kind as to give me a hand... Of course, replied Pojo. Howard broke the seal on the door and he and Pojo pulled at it to get it open. It was very heavy and very stiff because it hadn't been opened for thousands of years. Finally, the door opened. It was very dark inside and Howard shone his torch in to get a better look. As the room lit up, they both gasped in delight. There were old beds, dismantled hunting chariots and lots of plates and jars, as well as some food and wine and oils and ointments. Is this all from King Tut-Tut's tomb? asked Pojo. It could be, but I would need a better look at that crockery to tell. But why would anyone bury someone with all his stuff? asked Pojo. The family of a dead king would always give him plenty of things to take him into the afterlife because they believe the soul lives on. Now what else have we got here? "'What's that?' asked Pojo, pointing to a ceramic jar with a man's head on it. 
Oh, that's a canopic jar and it has something in it. Hmm, looks like his stomach. Well, no wonder he's been grumpy if he's been missing that. I'm grumpy when mine's empty too, replied Pojo. As Pojo wandered around, he felt something sharp attack his foot. Ouch, he cried. That hurt. Howard shone his torch towards Pojo and the light caught two beady eyes wavering and hissing in front of them. Hold still, old chap, you've just been bitten by a snake. I can't move, Howard, my legs have gone stiff, said Pojo, trying to stop the panic rising. Howard very carefully moved towards the snake. Snake moved his head towards Howard. Stay there or the dog gets it again, said the snake menacingly. Okay, okay, little fellow, we mean you no harm. We were just having a look around. Are you guarding King Tut-Tut's belongings? Yes, replied the snake. I'm Saeed and I thought you were two robbers. No, we're not. I'm an archaeologist and this is my friend Pojo. If all this belongs to King Tut-Tut, then we need to get it all back to him. I still can't move, Howard, said Pojo, who was really panicking now. Howard shone his torch around the room and spotted a bronze bucket. Aha, I think I've found something we can use to heal that poor of, poor of yours, Pojo. How is that going to work, asked Pojo, slightly confused. It's called a citula, and legend has it that when you fill it with holy water and sprinkle it over someone who is suffering, they will recover. They say it has healing properties. Well, let's hope legend is right, said Pojo, who wasn't convinced. Now, Saeed, watch over Pojo whilst I go and get some holy water and my medical bag to try and save him. Yes, sir, replied Saeed. Howard ran out with the bucket to find a well with holy water, and as he was filling it, he noticed a camel lying down at the entrance of a pyramid. Are you Kaz? Yes, I am, replied Kaz. Good, come with me, quick. Pojo's been bitten by a snake and I need to treat him urgently. Howard and Kaz rushed back to Pojo, who by now had broken out into a sweat and was feeling very peculiar. Saeed slithered away, his head hung down in shame. I'm sorry, he said. I thought you were tomb robbers. Pojo, stay with us, old chap, said Howard, who reached into his medical bag for his anti-venom. He injected Pojo and poured the holy water on his foot. Kaz nuzzled up to Pojo. Come on, Pojo, stay with me. Think of Sam. He will really miss you if you don't get back to him. Pojo was desperately trying to keep his eyes open. I'm trying, Kaz, but I can't move my legs, and I feel really sleepy. This stuff should work in no time, Kaz. Try not to worry. I think I've got to him in time, said Howard, who was cradling Pojo's head and mopping his brow. Saeed curled up in the corner, feeling ashamed of himself. Oh, silly me, silly me, silly me, he kept saying to himself. After what seemed like ages, Pojo came round. He looked up to see Howard and Kaz's worried faces looking back down on him. Pojo, you're back, said Kaz excitedly and gave him a lick with his big purple tongue. Pojo sat up and wiggled his toes. I can feel my feet again. Now take it steady, old chap, you might be a bit wobbly for a while. I'll look after him, said Kaz who was very relieved to see his old friend looking much better. Sai slithered over to the three of them. I'm so sorry, I thought you were two robbers. Apology accepted, said Pojo. Howard shone his torch around the rest of the room when someone caught his eye as it sparkled in the corner. 
He walked over to it and picked up a beautiful gold dagger with a crystal knob on top. Well, by Jove, Pojo, this really is stunning. Yes, watch the crystal glow and it will guide you through, said Saeed. Thank you, Saeed, that's really helpful. Now we need to get this lot back to the tomb of King Tut-Tut. Where is the tomb of King Tut-Tut? asked Pojo. It's not too far, we'll take it all in in the morning, but let's have a good night's sleep first. Will you keep guard, Saeed? Yes, of course, said Saeed. See you in the morning. And that's end of part one. That's end of part one. Lovely. And it's just so, it's so, um, well, it's obvious because I'm listening for it, but mm. how it's teaching geography and it's teaching history and it's all kind of things. That's that right. It's, you know, sort of, um, without even realising it, you're, you're learning so much. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, when we do the research, we, we look for all the bits and pieces mm. that we can put in um, to, to make sure, but it brings the story to life. Yeah, um, which is useful for the children, obviously. And I know you wanted to say something about having testers because you. Yes, I did. Yeah, I mean, obviously, all our products are tested in in nurseries and primary schools, mm. and uh, t- t- testing is quite a key part for us. Um, so we're always looking for um, schools to sign up to test our products. Um, we also, when we when we produce something new, we set we obviously choose people at random as from the from the list but we send the stuff out we get it tested and all we ask for is some f- honest feedback and they can go to your website and That's contact right. you so if you'd like to tell us about your website address and everything yeah our website is www.littlecreativedays.co.uk um and there is a site is there is a, a, a link there for people to go to to sign up to be a tester that's fabulous. I mean, please do go and take a look at the website because it's full of lovely images and you can <laughs> see the covers of the books. Who does the drawing? Uh, we've, we've got an illustrator called Chantal, Chantal Bournier um, and she's really brought Pojo to life. Yeah, she has. They're, yeah. they're lovely. Um, and you've had some exciting things happen in recent months and you've got some more exciting things to come, haven't you? Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? We have, yes. I mean, obviously, since we've, uh, since we've been going, Pojo's won um, a couple of awards. Um, he's also been finalist in two other uh, award ceremonies. So we've Education Resources Awards and NMT Nursery Awards. Uh, he's won a Primary Teacher Update Award as well as a Creative Play uh, award for best teaching resource for four to seven year olds so he's uh, he's been going down quite well with the uh, with the, with the children and and so it's good to get some yeah. awards and to have ones that are you know directly involving schools as well because you do workshops that are outside schools don't you? we do yes we also do a range of workshops and again um our, our new brochure we've just started that this year <coughs> excuse me um and that's all on our website um, but we can do writing workshops. Um, we can also do, um, interestingly, we can now do CAD workshops as well because um, my sister is CAD trained. What does CAD stand for? CAD is Computer Aided Design. Oh, right. And it's part of the Key Stage 2 uh, curriculum. Mm. Um, so a lot of teachers now are really struggling with that a little bit. So we can, we can do workshops either for, to train the teachers mm. um, or we can train the children. It, we can do either. So what's coming up in the next few months? Well, Pojo will be off on... He's currently having a little Stone Age adventure. (laughs) Um, So there will be a a Stone Age uh, creative storytelling kit coming out hopefully in June, all being well. Um, And we've got our new teacher resource packs that are out. 
book of the story and six weeks worth of activities linked to the story and um, and the topic. Uh, we're also developing the website as well. So um, and w- uh, within that, for those writing competitions, mm. we will be putting some of the children's stories on there as a story showcase. Oh, fabulous. So if the children have written stories about um, Pojo and, and any of the characters yes. based on our stories, then we'll be putting those onto our website as well. That's fantastic. So the children can be their own published authors. Yeah, I think that's what people like to see, don't they? Just mm. the idea of, that you know, the children seeing their words in print. They do, um, yeah. You know, it's not the same typing it into a computer as to having it in front of you. That's right. You know, somebody yeah. else's work. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a marvellous idea and I just would urge anybody to go and have a look, everybody to go and have a look at the website and see the full details and all the different adventures that Pojo can have. Um, and you've chosen a piece of music. Did you want to explain what it is and why maybe you've chosen it? I did, yes. I, I, I thought it would be quite nice um, to ask my nephew what uh, what he would like. And he's chosen Queen's It's a Kind of Magic. He's quite a Queen fan. He's definitely a little... <laughs> How old is he? He's six. Oh, six. Yeah, well and uh, he likes his rock music, so a bit like his auntie. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming in again, Tonya. Oh, thank you for having me. It's and been a pleasure. really good luck for the future with Pojo. And um, I look forward to hearing more. Thank you. Magic, magic, magic. 